0: Hello and welcome to episode two of the Beauty Business Podcast, the show that connects you to the people, tools, tips, and advice that can help get your beauty business up and running and if you already have your own beauty business, to make it the success you want it to be. Too many passionate, independent health and beauty businesses fail. It's a fact many of them never even have a chance of success but just why is this well because the creative passionate hard-working caring individuals those that are the best at the treatments and services they provide every day the ones that make the best therapists stylists nail technicians massage therapists barbers physios you name it you know the folks who really care about their clients the level of service and what they do These are the least likely bunch of people to get the ins and outs of all those building blocks that make up the businessy side of running any health and beauty business these days. Every one of these individuals, and if you're listening to this, then you're probably one of them, has been extensively trained in their particular field. But rarely do colleges cover the real world, up-to-date stuff that helps you make it on your own today. And if it has been covered in colleges, it often hasn't been given the right amount of attention. It is likely outdated and therefore just not applicable. And to succeed in today's competitive market, those business skills are just as essential as being able to perform an amazing treatment, haircut, massage, or manicure. My name is Adam Chatterley. I'm your host here on the Beauty Business Podcast. Every couple of weeks, I'll be releasing a new episode, which will be packed with information covering the topics that beauty business owners are struggling with right now. I'm not going to be doing all this by myself either. I'll be inviting guests onto the show who are experts in their particular field to give you their tips and advice about a particular subject, question or issue facing health and beauty business owners today. As it's launch week here on the Beauty Business Podcast, I've gone big and decided to cover three of the most talked about issues facing pretty much all independent businesses these days in this launch series. And today we're talking about social media. Today's guest has been in the beauty business industry for over 25 years. She started out as a beauty therapist, then went on to own and run salons, physiotherapy clinics, spas, and a medical aesthetic practice. Her name is Catherine Treble, and you've probably already heard of her. Throughout her career, she found she was always able to bring clients into her businesses via marketing. And this came fairly naturally to Catherine, and more importantly, she enjoyed it. A few years ago, Catherine decided to focus solely on helping other salon and spa professionals master the art of marketing, particularly via the use of social media. She's now a recognized social media expert, consultant, teacher, international speaker and author of The Guide to Marketing Your Cosmetic Practice Online and the full appointment book, Step-by-Step Marketing Course. So I think you'll agree I found just the person to talk to about social media marketing on the show today. So, without further ado, let's get into it. So, hi everyone. Um, as part of our initial launch series here on the Beauty Business Podcast, I'm very pleased to welcome today Catherine Treble. Uh, hi Catherine, how are you?
1: I'm fabulous. How are you,
0: Adam? I'm, I'm doing great. I'm wonderful. Yeah, it's, uh, it's great to be here. Now I saw Catherine give a seminar at this year's professional beauty conference here in the UK I think it was the I think it was the one in Manchester and it was called the new rules for posting on social media for beauty and hair businesses and I have to say it was one of the most packed seminars on the program I think all the seats were filled people were standing around the edges of the room and and I thought clearly this is a subject that salon and beauty business owners really want to know more about so when I was putting together plans for the, the launch of the podcast I immediately thought of Catherine so so I'm, I'm really pleased you're able to be here today.
1: Oh no problem at all Adam there's no doubt about it there's a lot of interest in social media because after all uh, marketing is just so all over the place stuff that used to work before you know leaflet drops all that sort of thing just isn't working so well mm. and if people are on Facebook or Twitter well you know what all our salon owners know that's where we need to be too.
0: No, absolutely so now, we'll get into the main section of the podcast in just a minute, and I know there'll be some fantastic tips and advice in there, but before we get into all of that, for those who haven't come across you before, Catherine, I wonder if you wouldn't mind giving us just a, a little bit of your history, a little bit of your story, so we can get to know you a bit better and understand how you got to where you are today.
1: Oh, sure. No problem, Adam. Right. Over a 25-year period, I was, I suppose, what you'd call a serial salon and spa owner. I had <laughs> Various different beauty, hair and a cosmetic practice business over those years. And the one challenge that I came up against all the time was, OK, I have this staff and how am I going to get bums on seats in front of them? I realised that the training that I had just wasn't it uh, didn't make me any sort of a marketer so I went on a quest and I needed to really really work out how to get bums on seats for for my therapists and my hairdressers and eventually what I did I sold my last cosmetic practice in 2011 right. and just turned my attention fully to what turned out to be totally a, a love and a passion for me which is marketing and okay. getting uh, bums on seats
0: wow Brilliant. I love that. So that you had, that's the real kind of story of you, you saw there was a need, you solved it yourself and then thought, well, I'm going to take that and, and help more people to, to achieve the same thing. That's fantastic.
1: It became a natural progression. I had other friends who were, you know, salon owners or mobile therapists or whatever. And I find they came to me a lot and said, how did you do that? So <laughs> I just started to sort of share my secrets in an informal way and then realized, you know what, I really love doing this. I love helping other people to build their businesses.
0: That's fantastic. So that's great. Thank you. So what we're going to do today is a little bit of a question and answer type thing. About a week ago, I sent an email out to a, a section of my subscribers from salonbusinesssecrets.com, which is my main website, and uh, I asked them one question. I basically sent them an email and it just said, what is your number one struggle with social media in your business right now? And um, I've already said this to Catherine, I was absolutely amazed by the response, I think I think within a few hours I'd had about 80 responses and I only sent it out to a few hundred people so it just proves that this is still a really hot button topic for people. Um, I took all those questions, grouped them together into sort of some sort of order, whittled them down to the most popular ones, I think I got to about nine or ten of them and those are the ones that we're going to try and get through uh, today as many as we can, hopefully we'll get through all of them. So Catherine if you're happy to just dive right into those, is that okay with you? oh, no
1: problem. I had a look at these. And um, yes, there's there's the, the questions are very typical of what people are uh, asking. And to make sure that I cover enough content, I'm going to start talking really quickly.
0: Excellent. Wonderful. Okay. So we'll get going. Number one. So number one was, what is the best social media platform to use? Should I just use one or a bit of all of them?
1: Well a bit of all of them wouldn't be a good idea. To me it's get really good on one platform and leave it at that uh, until you get really really good at it before you even look at any of the others.
0: Okay. <clears throat> and would you say there's there's one that you should start with is there sort of a a, a waterfall effect is the one you should start and then move on to the others or is oh, it just Absolutely.
1: Kind of- uh, there's no doubt that Facebook is probably the best uh, probably the best social media um channel for our sort of businesses because Facebook is really, really social. Mm-hmm. And let's face it, our businesses are very social, aren't they? People come in, we have conversations with them. And it's all, we really get to know our clients and our clients get to know us. And Facebook allows us to continue that sort of conversation. So to me, that's the number one.
0: Okay, great. Well, that actually leads us really nicely into number two, which is, um, I'm sure a question that a lot of salon owners who aren't seeing results will ask themselves, and and this is, does having a Facebook page really get more business or is it just something everyone is doing that we all think we should do? Is there really a benefit?
1: Oh, absolutely. But here's the thing, you need to understand how to have those conversations on Facebook. A lot of people start off of Facebook Page and what they end up doing is they're putting up their special offers, etc. etc. And that's not going to work because if uh, nobody ever goes onto Facebook and says, I log onto Facebook today to see what I can buy or what special (laughs) offers I can pick up, just doesn't happen. So, our Uh, when we're on Facebook we need to actually get into the conversation that's going on on Facebook we need to be social as well like when somebody comes into um, our place of business we don't go hello how are you today guess what special offer I have on and start bombarding them with that social conversations are normal conversations you might eventually of course you do wind in uh, whatever your Uh, special offers or whatever it is that you want to get across but you have to do it in a natural way so it's bringing that sort of social thinking onto uh, Facebook and not thinking that this is just some uh, a platform we can market through because that ain't it.
0: Yeah no I I, I remember earlier on when I started using Facebook for for the business I think someone told me to kind of treat it as if it's a an online cocktail party or, or something like that to, you know, you wouldn't, like you say, you wouldn't go up to someone and immediately start saying, these are my offers, here's what I do. You know, you'd, you'd get to know them a bit better first, you'd start the banter and then maybe say, oh, I've found this great place that you should check out. So, so that's kind of how I try to think about it.
1: Oh, absolutely. Wouldn't you just hate that person? At the them. <laughs> yeah, they'd be
0: that's... stood on their own after a while. <laughs> totally.
1: And that's how people treat your page. It's like,
0: oh, they're always going on about stuff or
1: themselves there. And it's of no interest. And then people probably will unlike your page if they see too much of that.
0: Great. OK, brilliant. So question number three was a little, a little bit of a longer one. Um This came in from from a couple of people in in different formats, but I kind of put them together into what I thought was one question. Um, A few months ago, I read that Snapchat was going to be the next big thing, but now it seems like no one is talking about it. Now, there seems to be a lot of people talking about Periscope, but is this just going to disappear too? Is it best just to stick with Facebook, as it seems to be here to stay, or is there any value in looking at other options?
1: Well, I'll tell you what, Adam, it goes, it, that's sort of similar to one of the other questions. To me, if you've aced Facebook, you're bringing plenty of uh, clients into your salon or spa from Facebook, you you know what you're doing, then it's time to maybe have a look at other options. And the second option I would go for after that would be Instagram. But I would absolutely and categorically say nail Facebook first before you do or look at any of the others there's all there's there can be this bright shiny thing <laughs> syndrome that goes on it's like oh look what's going on over there i must have a go at that and it's you become a master of nothing then really master facebook first and then see where you want to go from there
0: yeah i guess it's also important to understand where your where your people are hanging out where your clients actually are if, if none of them are on periscope or snapchat then there's probably little value in 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 being there before they are so uh, so yeah no, that's great. Um I should actually say, um loads and loads of information coming across in the in the uh from Catherine here. So um I should just say that uh, I'll put a list of all the points we cover and all the advice and any other bits of information. I'll put those on the show notes, which you can find at www.beautybusinesspodcast.com. Forward slash episode two. So don't worry if you haven't got a pen and paper to hand. All the notes and links and everything you need will be there. And of course, you can come back and listen to the podcast as, as many times as you want as well. So just that I'd mention that um, to anyone new to listening. Okay, so on to question number four, and and this was probably the the most asked question to be honest. And it's simply, what is the best stroke, fastest way to get page likes? And I guess we're talking about Facebook here.
1: Ah, that's a very good question, Adam. Because here's the thing, getting Facebook page likes is totally dependent on what you're posting on your page. If you're posting interesting, humorous, um, social type of posts, then people are going to interact, share your stuff around, and that's how you're going to get more page likes. So to me, it's a little bit sort of cart before the horse. It's That what you're posting first is the first part of it, and then what will naturally fall out of that when when uh, you're posting really interesting stuff and you're getting plenty of interaction, you'll naturally get more page likes.
0: Okay, and is uh, sort of as a side question, uh, what are the sort of things that are the most successful type of things to post? Is is there a is there a sort of a hierarchy of things that you should do, shouldn't do, what gets the most interaction?
1: Oh, goodness. I actually have a list of 17 killer Facebook posts. Okay. And if I started going through them now, we are going to run out. <laughs> and you are not going to get to um, the rest of the questions on your podcast. I tell you what, if you do want to, if this is of interest to your listeners, we should definitely cover those separately because I would love to go into those in detail and they deserve to be gone into in detail because that's the real meat and potatoes for Facebook. It's making killer Facebook posts because Everything flows from that, the amount of page likes you get after that, the amount of interaction, building a real strong community on Facebook that you can translate into clients that actually walk into your salon. And that's the secret. It's killer Facebook post ideas.
0: Okay, that sounds like an absolutely brilliant idea. I mean, probably something like that. Would would you suggest... Uh, I mean, we could always do it as another podcast episode, but maybe we could look at doing something like a a webinar or or something.
1: Yeah, If you wanted to do a a webinar, Adam, that would probably be the best way because I can actually show examples of the different types of posts and that totally will bring it alive for uh, people who are looking and listening at it.
0: Well, that sounds that sounds like a fantastic idea. I'll tell you what, we'll sort that out after we've finished recording today, and um, once we've kind of got the details all down and we know when we're doing it, I'll put a link to that again on the show notes page. So, so if anyone is interested in that kind of information, in in kind of a visual walkthrough of the the things that get the most shares, the most interaction on Facebook, um, you know, check out the the show notes page, and and all the information will be on there. Wonderful. Okay, this sounds great. Moving yeah. on, nice. number number five. I have my business page up on Facebook and I was wondering if it was worth paying for an advert. Do you think this is worth it?
1: Oh, goodness. It totally depends on what you're driving the advert to. If your page has become rather vibrant, you're getting a real community going, then that's the time when it's worth um, uh, spending a little money on advertising. And even then, it's uh, putting those ads on front of your perfect people, the people who you want to attract into your salon. So there's a whole science around that. And really, again, that's a cart before the, ha- the horse question. Mm-hmm. Get the page right first before you consider doing any advertising.
0: Right. Okay. Um, okay. And is is there a difference between advertising on Facebook and boosting a post? Are they kind of the same thing or are they different?
1: I think that's one of the cleverest things that Facebook did. Boosting a post is actually advertising, but it's probably the simplest and most effective uh, form of advertising you can do on Facebook because... You have a post and to me, ha- make sure it's a post that you've maybe done a couple of days ago and you can see you're getting plenty of interaction on and that's the post to boost because what people tend to do is, okay, here's my offer. Here's the post I should boost. <laughs> and really, if nobody's interested in that post, you're going to be sending out the wrong message really
0: with that advertising. Yeah, you're just wasting wasting money there. So. No, and you're also
1: disillusioning yourself thinking, oh, Facebook doesn't work like that. <laughs>
0: fantastic okay um and now on to number six now i think i think this probably it was either the first or second most asked question in in various different formats and i've i've seen a lot of different answers to this question so i thought while we've got you we'll we'll definitely try to get a definitive answer on this one um it's why do all the people who like my page not see my updates i post updates several times a day but my clients don't always see them how can i make it so that they do
1: Ah, that's a very good question. See, here's the thing: you could have a hundred, a thousand, whatever it is, uh, number of likes on your page. And there's such a great competition in uh, your feed or in anybody's feed on Facebook that if you if everything that everybody posts were, were to appear on that feed, wow, it would be one heck of a cluttered space. So Facebook has this dilemma. So what it does is it actually rates uh, your your post based on your last few posts uh, it's it's called an algorithm uh, we won't even go there that's a kind of a complicated thing but basically uh, the bottom line is facebook has a look at your last few posts and uh, you know thinks to itself okay are these interesting enough? And how it works out if uh, your previous posts are interesting enough is, okay, what's the interaction on them? And there's three types of interaction. There's likes to that post, there's comments, and there's shares. And if your posts aren't getting too many likes, comments, or shares, Facebook rates your uh, posts as boring and decides not to show too many of your posts to other people, even though they're the ones who've liked your page. So it's... Uh, it, it's that's why it's so important to get your posting right and to make sure that you're getting interaction on um on your posts. For example, if you were to basically um, this time of the year coming up to Christmas, if you're uh, you know announcing that you've got an event whereby you've you've an open evening and you're inviting people in, instead of just putting the details for that, ask a question. Say, um, "Who'll be coming along on the 17th? Uh, mince pies, blah, blah blah, whatever. Phrase it as a question because a question will always beg interactivity from people rather than making a statement. So. it's those little tips and hacks that will make the difference to getting people to interact you always have to have that in mind as well will this post get interaction for me can i phrase it better so that people are more likely to comment and share and like it because that's the really the importance of that is if you don't get that right facebook won't show most of your posts to your fans
0: i see so it's it's basically facebook rewarding you for putting good stuff out there that gets shared that then gets it shared more so it's, it's it is it's it's that whole kind of kind of a hamster wheel of, of getting on there getting the things right in the first place and, and then it'll just kind of get bigger from there wonderful absolutely
1: yeah
0: okay uh question number eight we are plowing through these um sorry number seven um so question number seven quick one should i put my salon prices on facebook if so what is the best way to do this
1: that's an interesting one okay um I wouldn't actually do that out of the gate but what I'm always looking for is I'm always looking for uh, what I call lead generators ways to actually get people either over to my website where I would normally have uh, a download page for my um, uh, uh, price list and where I'm going with this is Facebook is uh, an expensive place if you want to advertise or anything like that. But if you can manage to get people's email addresses, then you can actually market to them pretty much for free. So um, what I would be inclined to do is put a link um, to uh, and uh, again, sorry, I can't I don't have the time to actually show people how to do this. But if you put a link on your Facebook page for people who want your price list and. Um, it leads over to your website where people need to put in their email to get access to your price list well you've done something rather clever there Mm. you've actually given them what they're looking for but you've received something in return an email address that you can follow up with maybe your newsletters or your offers on email to them
0: that is a fantastic tip right there that's very clever I think that not only answers the question but that's um that gives people an amazing way to get gather those email addresses that you can then, like you say, keep in direct contact, which is a big thing that that we talk about here on on the show and on the website. So that's fantastic, great advice. Uh, now on to question number eight. Um, oh, this is a good one. This is this is one I'm always curious about. What times of the day are best to post on Facebook for most effect? The
1: times of the day that people are mainly online and it's grouped into four main times of the day. People if you ever travel by tube or bus or anything like that you probably notice on the way into work they have their phones out and they're scrolling through their Facebook or whatever people tend to check their Facebook in the morning before work so uh, to me that time slot is you know 7 to say 8.30 so that's the first time slot in the day where there's plenty of people on Facebook because it's back to that challenge of um, when your stuff appears on the news feed, over time, it, it gets shoved down. Um, so you want to try and be post when people are on Facebook, when there's a lot more likelihood you'll appear in their newsfeed. So the second time of the day would be lunchtime. And the reason for that is there's an awful lot of businesses that actually block access on Um, their own uh, intranets to the likes of Facebook and Twitter, to the social media channels, because they don't want people to be spending time on those when they should actually be working. So quite often people at lunchtime will uh, check Facebook on their own phone. So um, lunchtime is the second sort of uh, big time to post. Then there's on the way home from work. So that could be sort of five o'clock to six o'clock slot. Mm -hmm. And then... Quite often, what we'll do is we'll do something. Uh, I know I do it, and most people I know do it as well. Called double screening. We're watching the TV, <laughs> you know, nine o'clock or something, and we're actually we have our phone open, we're browsing through Facebook at the same time as well. So that's the fourth slot
0: in the day. That's great. I didn't I didn't know there was actually a name for that. Double screening. I like that. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and is is there a way? Is there a tool or anything that you can use to actually find out when you know most of your audience is is using Facebook, or or is it just best to stick with those times that you suggest
1: well that's kind of the the rough guide as it were but uh, on there's an area called insights on your page and google has this fabulous um, help section and anything you ever want to know or questions relating to google actually type it into the help bar and it'll generally bring you to um, um, anything that you're looking for so if you wanted to take uh, work out uh, those sorts of things. Go to your analytics section on your Facebook page and mm-hmm. again, type into analytics, uh, my Facebook analytics uh, into the help section and it'll show you how to get there. Okay. And you, you get all sorts of information, including times of the day when um, uh, people are most interested in your page.
0: Okay, I think, is that Facebook insights or Facebook analytics?
1: Did I say analytics? I'm so sorry, yeah, I missed insights. It's insights. Used to be called analytics. Oh!
0: that's all right because it's like, okay it's very confusing these days with google analytics and facebook insights so it's it's facebook insights if you're on your facebook page and if you also have a website you might also have google analytics which would be a similar thing to i guess kind of tell you when people are looking at your website and things like that
1: oh it's a good job you have my back there <laughs> it's
0: keep no, problem. Me no straight. okay um actually where well crikey we're on the last question um but it's a good one It's uh, number nine and it's, how much time should I be spending on social media each day? It seems like to make any sort of impact, I need to be posting or updating all the time. Even though I'm not fully booked all the time, I just don't have time to do this.
1: Yeah, that's a good one because people kind of think, oh my goodness, how can I go on Facebook? It's such a time suck. Well, here's the thing. You can get really, really good at this and this is what I do on two o'clock on... A Friday afternoon, I have an hour and a half booked out for myself, whereby I'm writing different posts. I have collected stuff during the week. And what I'm doing is I'm using the Facebook scheduler and I'm actually um, uh, for the following week putting several posts out there. Now what I wouldn't like people to think that they can do is oh that's all they have to do, just go in once a week. Now, what I also do is I go in a couple of times a day and I interact with the posts that um you know people have commented on and liked and shared and all that sort of thing. Sure, sure. I make sure that I'm interacting, but I do a a lot of that um ahead of time. Now it does take quite a, uh, a while to get there. And are there times when I go into Facebook and I say, oh, goodness, look at that fabulous cat video and I start watching that sort of thing? <laughs> yes, I do.
0: Oh, we're all guilty of that.
1: I know. But it's just a matter of putting all of that to, together where you can actually put it into a formula. And um, that takes time and uh, to develop. What I can do... Is when we're going over the 17 killer facebook post ideas i can actually cover a bit of that how to actually put it into more of a routine if people would be interested in that too
0: i think i think definitely so let's uh, put that on the list as well yeah wonderful okay so that's actually all of the the main questions that uh, Uh, we've gone through and I think what we've done yeah we're doing pretty good for time so so I think that brings us to a great point to wrap up this part of the podcast I think there's definitely a lot of advice a lot of information for everyone to take away and uh, I know there's a couple of things there that uh, that I'll certainly be going away and just just checking over my own social media plan so uh, thank you very very much for for your advice and insights today I really appreciate that
1: wonderful no problem at all
0: now at this point in the show I thought um I thought what I'd do is I would ask every guest that comes on three questions um, in the hope that it will give listeners a bit of an insight into their business past and show that even for some of the most successful people in the industry, things don't always go smoothly. They don't always turn out exactly how we planned in the first place. Now, um, I don't want you to think too hard about them. Uh, Just whatever kind of comes into your head first is always usually the most interesting answer. So if you're happy to just go ahead with that, can can we go for it? bring it on okay so question number one what is one thing you wish you had known when you started out in the industry
1: okay when I uh, started out as a beauty therapist I had all the skills that I needed but once I moved to uh, owning and running my own business I had no clue Um, if I had had more of um, a marketing and a business education I probably would have um, moved forward much faster. So that to me, I kind of took the scenic route because I (laughs) didn't have that knowledge.
0: Okay. How, what, what was that sort of time difference between you being a a beauty therapist and and owning your first salon or business?
1: I was a beauty therapist for four years and then I actually bought the salon that I uh, was working in. Okay. And um, that all of a sudden you're on a completely different seat on on the bus. Yeah. You're not one of the gang um, down the back having a laugh. You're actually the one driving the bus, and that's a totally scary thing to do. <laughs> and I had no knowledge. I had to basically fumble my way along. So uh, in hindsight, doing some sort of uh, marketing and business education at that stage would have been much more beneficial rather than spending the next few years fumbling around doing it the long way
0: gotcha okay so i've realized the question number 2 is actually very similar to question number 1 um, since i've been asking these but um other than other than extra uh business information at the start is there anything else that you would have done differently in your career
1: oh goodness um you know what i'm not sure i would have uh, besides um having that education i'm not sure i would have done anything differently because i totally enjoyed the journey
0: Right. Wonderful. Now, I mean, that's as legitimate an answer as anything else. That's fantastic. Thank you. And uh, again, slightly on the same lines, but a slightly different way of looking at it. What would you say has been the single most significant event, big or small, that has led you to where you are today?
1: Probably the same thing. Becoming a business owner and getting the fright of my life not realising that I had no clue what
0: I was doing. Wonderful, wonderful. <laughs> <laughs> and obviously getting into all the marketing side of things which is which is fantastic yeah absolutely
1: it led me to where i am today and i absolutely love it you go into this sort of business because you're a giver and you have a passion for um you know helping your clients and then it gets to a whole new level when you're actually running the business because it's like you're not just helping your clients you have um if you have different team members and that on your staff you're responsible for their income and uh, responsible for them so it brings it to a whole new level yeah
0: of course it does Wonderful. Thank you very much for that. Appreciate it. Now we're um, we're actually recording this episode, uh, for those people listening on a on a fairly grey December day, it certainly as here. I'm not sure about um, where you are, Catherine. Um, you. um it won't actually be available until January when we launch. So I thought I'd just check with you, Catherine. What have you got coming up in twenty sixteen business wise? Is there anything you'd like to let us know about?
1: I'll be launching my online course for aesthetic salon and spa professionals, and um, it's actually a 30 day challenge to Facebook mastery. It has a start date, it has an end date, and over those 30 days, uh, people can sign up and Um, get to learn the craft of Facebook because it's probably, as you've gathered from the questions you've been asking here, uh, there is an art and a science to getting Facebook right and having it that you can have it, that it's this great place where you can literally suck people um, from Facebook and have them coming into your salon as clients. And that's what the 30-day challenge is going to be all about. Um, My my website is fullappointmentbook.com. And if you want to know more about the challenge, the 30-day challenge, it's fullappointment.com forward slash challenge and you'll see all the details there
0: Wonderful. Okay, I'll, okay. Put, I'll put a link to that on the show notes of the page so again just go there if you if you want those links um, and you sort of mentioned it there but uh, I will just ask you again if people want to find out more about you Catherine um, get in touch with you um, what's the best place to do that
1: I would just come over to fullappointmentbook.com or you can email me directly at Catherine at fullappointmentbook.com and um, any more questions I have I'd love them
0: Wonderful. Okay. Catherine, thank you again. Thank you so much uh, for being here today. I look forward to speaking uh, to you again sometime in the future. And if we're lucky, maybe we can uh, entice you back onto the show and, and uh, we can go through some, maybe some more questions that, uh, that people have in the future.
1: Oh, no problem at all, Adam. It's been an absolute pleasure.
0: Wonderful. Thank you again. Bye-bye.
1: Bye.
0: So there you have it. I hope you found that discussion interesting. There are certainly a few things there that I'll be adding into my own social media marketing efforts and I hope you all found something that can help you too. If you go to the show notes page on the website you'll be able to find a rundown of all the questions asked in today's episode as well as any links and other information mentioned. We haven't quite sorted out the details for the webinar we spoke about in the show just yet, at the time this is released anyway. But once we do get the dates and things finalised, for that I will add that to the show notes page too. So if you're listening in the future, just head over to the show notes pages and you'll be able to find links and information about the webinar there. You can find the show notes at beautybusinesspodcast.com forward slash episode 2. So that's www.beautybusinesspodcast.com. Dot com forward slash episode two if you have any questions comments or feedback regarding today's show please use the comment section on the show notes page towards the bottom of that page or you can email me via adam at beautybusinesspodcast.com okay thank you so much for listening today i really appreciate you taking the time to find download and listen to the show If you did find value in the show today, it would be great if you would head over to iTunes, search for the show, and leave me a five-star rating and or review. It only takes a couple of seconds, and this not only helps me to know that what I'm doing here is helping people and that the information is relevant, but by leaving that review, it helps other salon and spa owners and managers to find the show so I can help even more people struggling with the businessy bits of the health and beauty industry today. I look forward to bringing you the next episode. But for now, I shall leave you. Goodbye.